Welcome to the teaching ministry of Jubilee Church International. Jubilee is devoted to making disciples, winning the lost to Christ, building strong families, and taking the gospel to the nations. Open your Bibles and join us as the presence of the Holy Spirit helps us to grow a little deeper. Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide. But the, these three, but the greatest of these is love. I was talking to Pastor Woody the other night and I asked him some questions about DNA. Got it right, okay? <laughs> he said, "He said I got it right." He kind of tweaked it a little bit, but but listen, I mean, he went to explaining to me DNA, and I said I needed a lot simpler than that. <laughs> oh my goodness! But but what was amazing is we were talking about how the knowledge of DNA of what we. What we didn't know, then what we knew, then we thought what we knew. He said, you know, when they discover, discovered what they first discovered about DNA and the knowledge and that they had, they thought, okay, wow, we've got it. We've got it. We're ready to go clone people. And they cloned some two-headed sheep, and I don't know what else. <laughs> Maybe not two-headed sheep, but they were very successful. And they realized, well... We, we don't know what we thought we knew. And, and so we dug a little deeper and they discovered some more. And they thought, we got it figured out now. We know DNA inside and out. We're like God. We are like God. And you know what they discovered? No. There's things happening in your DNA, within your DNA, within your DNA, within your DNA, within your DNA. And that's the best way I know how to describe it. Because I'm not a molecular biologist. But Woody is. But there's so many, it's, it's almost like we haven't even explored all the depths of the ocean. We haven't explored all there is in space. But yet you look in a science book and you would swear we know everything there is to know. And it's sad that we do the same thing about God. We do the same thing. I've got my doctrine and I know all I need to know. I've got my theology. I've got my degree. I've got my church. I've got my pulpit. I've got Gesenius, right? <laughs> Folks, there is so much. And there's so much more to grow in. And so as a Christian, you can't ever stop growing. That's why you need to understand discipleship. Because if, if, if Christianity is simply, I got saved, I go to church, and now God's going to bless me, you are missing so much more. So much more. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Have you ever wondered why? The greatest is love. We're going to look at it. Because tonight, if you'll throw that uh, picture up, Joshua, there's a picture 
I've got there the DNA of discipleship. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. The DNA of discipleship. So, uh, Dr. Wheeler, if my Hebrew is incorrect, just keep it to yourself for tonight. <laughs> you can correct it Saturday. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, in a strand of DNA, there's a process. And we're not going to talk all about DNA. But I want to talk about the process of within DNA called replication. DNA replication. It is, it is a built-in example and design of what God did through Christ Jesus in us. So not only is, is there the design of God working within every cell of your body, it's in your soul. There is a design, a DNA, if you will, of discipleship in your soul. The way God designed it. Amen. From your nefesh. Here we go, Doug, if I say it right. You can correct me. From your nefesh to your ruach to your neshama. Am I good so far? Yachayah. Yachadah. 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 I don't want to spit on you, but Yachadah. <laughs> There's a design to your soul. There's a DNA within your soul. And Jesus brought healing in Peter. It says, by his straps, you were healed. Folks, I hate to mess up your theology, but he's not contextually just talking about the healing of your physical body. He's talking about the healing of your soul. Yes, yes. Because the DNA of your soul got all dysfunctional. And you got some three-headed demons growing in there. And that's why he told the Pharisees, you go and you replicate, you make disciples, but you make them more devil than you are. You make them worse devils than you are. See, the strand of DNA in a strand, there's a process called replication. Replication, of course, means to reproduce or multiply. This is at the very essence of the intent of God found in Genesis. Is it not? We find it at the very beginning in Genesis. We see God speaking and things were created. And then he commanded those things. He blessed them. Amen. Everything he created, he barak, he blessed. And then he commanded it to revive. To multiply. DNA replication is somewhat complicated, complicated process to articulate for me. <laughs> it wouldn't be for Witty, but it is for me. Now, there's some good videos on YouTube. If you really want to understand DNA replication, and I'm telling you, I watched some. And when I was done watching them, I thought, there's no way I can explain that. But I tell you what I did discover. I discovered how amazing God is. How can you look at this? At the knowledge they have gained to this point And say there is no God. That that just happened. And you know what that does? That just causes me to look at my faith and go... Man, if God can do that, He can do anything. Amen. 
Amen. If he can design DNA replication, my God, he can fix me. (laughs) He can fix me. I'm broken and he can fix me. Amen. DNA, it's complicated, but it is extremely evidential of the creator. And I want to focus on three base portions of DNA replication of the structure. And I pray that tonight the Holy Spirit reveals to you the design of the Creator replicated through Yeshua and to understand that that same discipleship DNA, come on, that same discipleship DNA resides in you through Christ Jesus. Amen? In the simplest concept of DNA replication... There are two, here we go, Woody. Helixes. Bam, got it, nailed it. Helixes. And common hydrogen bonds. That's as complicated as I'm going to go. <laughs> because just like the complexity of DNA replication, so we often make the gospel. You shouldn't need... Somebody on YouTube trying to teach you the gospel. You need a spiritual father. Because that's where DNA is truly transferred. From a father. From a spiritual mother. Not YouTube. Amen. But we often make the gospel so complicated, but it's not. It's like your story of how you encountered the great love of Christ. The bond of his love through the work of the cross freed you and transformed you. You were given new hope and life through faith in Jesus Christ. So the DNA of discipleship in its most fundamental form flows through Christ's replication process, which is this. Are you ready? Deny yourself. Take up your cross. And follow me. Two helixes and a hydrogen bond. (laughs) Helixes and a hydrogen bond. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Faith and hope. And follow me. Love. These three. Faith. Hope. Love. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. The greatest of these, follow me. But you can't follow me if you haven't denied yourself and picked up your cross. Amen? Well, the bond of his love through the work of the cross. Amen? So the DNA of discipleship in its most fundamental form 1 Corinthians 13, 13, again, gives to us the simplest model of the DNA of true biblical Talmudim through Jesus Christ. And the two helixes are faith and hope, but the bond is love, which binds us and makes us at God or one with the Father, one with one another through the covenant of Jesus Christ. Discipleship is not an individual sport. It's growing together in Christ. Amen. Amen. 
It was never meant to just, well, I go to seminary and I do my thing and I get my degree and now I've been a disciple. I've been a disciple. No. We grow as disciples together as a family. So often in Christianity, we think we know and understand these three things, faith, hope, and love. But isn't it interesting how that which we say we understand, we fail to walk out. That's what we profess that we have fully comprehended faith, hope, and love. We so often struggle to walk out with our brothers and sisters. In our efforts to make the gospel more palatable to the sinner, we've instead made it powerless. Charles Finney said this. He said, revival is a renewed conviction of sin. And repentance. Followed by an intense desire. Everybody say, intense desire. Y'all see me? I get a little intense sometimes, don't I? Amen? Not at all. You know, I'm just a very gentle, passive guy. I don't... Get real intense, but no, I get intense. Amen. That's what God wants in you. He wants that intensity of desire. Amen. At the root of your desire of discipleship. And this is what Finney said. A renewed conviction of sin, repentance, followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. You can't say, I have an intense desire for God, but I live in disobedience. You can't. I'm living in sin, but I desire God. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's like I said a few weeks ago. You know, I grew up in a home that taught me how to love God. My parents taught me what it was to love God. The problem I didn't is that I didn't know I needed to fear God. So if you really have an intense desire for God, then you have that same desire to honor God. Amen? Amen. To honor Him. See, it's given up one's will, he said, to God in deep humility. Jesus said it this way, again, in order to follow me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross. You see, the gospel without self-denial is humanistic to say the least. Self-denial, are you ready? Self-denial is not fasting Chick-fil-A. Lord. I sent Lynn a text here a few weeks back and it was a sign and on the top it said Krispy Kreme. On the bottom... It said Chick-fil-A. And it said, is this what Jesus meant when he said, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. (laughs) Krispy Kreme and Chick-fil-A. No, no, no. Self-denial is not fasting Chick-fil-A. It's not staying home from church some Sundays. Lord, I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to sleep in this Sunday. (laughs) Pastor, I understand. It's not refraining from cursing someone out. Self-denial is 
Abram casting out one son into the wilderness, into the care of God, and then taking and laying the other on the altar as a sacrifice. See, you cannot think as you want morally and yet say you have the mind of Christ. You cannot continue to live in darkness yet live in the kingdom of God. You cannot know the fullness of His mercies, yet willfully live in rebellious disobedience and call it Christianity. Christ, how many of you know Christ does not recognize saintly sinners? He's not okay with fornication Friday. Come on. He's not. You see, take up your cross is the image of self-denial and humility as demonstrated by Christ. And without it, the professing Christian never fully identifies with Christ or assimilates Him into every area of his life that he may become a disciple. To follow Him is to go His way and His way only. Back to the Father where we were originally created and designed to live every day in the fullness of His image, His Selim. His protection, His authority, His covering, and His demuth, His lightness. To have the mind of God. It's to say, I have been changed and I'm no longer the same. It's to say, it was not the church that changed me. It wasn't the preacher that changed me. It was Jesus Christ changed me. And changed I will stay. And I will grow in Christ Jesus. See, I'm persuaded. It's to say, I'm persuaded even, even now unto death that Christ is Lord. Amen. I said, Lord... The other night I was praying. I said, Lord, what, what do you really want to do this weekend? What's this whole conference thing all about? She told me to do this. And all this year, this discipleship thing. What, what is it you really want to accomplish, Lord? He said, I want people to desire me. I want people to follow me. Starting with the church. Starting with the church. You know, it's said that today only 36% of Christian parents are likely to pass on their faith to their children compared to 85% of Muslim parents who will. Now, this is where the church is in parenting. Where do you think we stand in Matthew 28, 19, and 20? To go and make disciples. We've made disciples, I believe, the same way many parents raise their children today. Television, social media, video games, YouTube. In the church, it's simply come to church, watch us online, enjoy our music, attend our classes, buy our books, and listen to our podcast. And with that as the modern day model of discipleship, is it any wonder that so many are coming out of the closet. Denying or denouncing Christ. Falling away. And filling our airwaves with false ideas of who God is. And what he expects of us. 
You see, we have generations who love our contemporary music in the church. They can wear blue jeans and their shirt untucked. But they cannot articulate the word of truth. According to Paul Gibbs, for the most part in some of today's churches, the Bible may as well be written only in Latin once again. Because few study it and even fewer pass it on. So many rely on interpretation from those that they admire in the faith. But the DNA of Christ is not transferred through admiration. Is it? Today, most people are most likely to know the words of Max and Bill and Rick and Joyce and Francis. But they don't know what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John said. Folks, admiration does not equal correct interpretation. Or replication. And reposting their memes. Doesn't make you a disciple. Share it. Oh that's good. Share that. Oh that's good. Share that. Look at me Jesus. I'm sharing the word. Oh no you're not. We've dumbed down discipleship to its. Most worthless level. Just sharing what somebody else quoted. Or some revelation God gave them. And you hit share on Facebook or social media or Instagram. That's not discipleship. That's not replication. Come on. (laughs) So let's look at these three. The DNA of discipleship and see how Christ intended it to be replicated in others. Faith. True faith is not found, measured and grown by the emblem on your car, the diamonds on your fingers, amen, or the value of your home. True faith is found and grown in hardship. Who told you being a Christian was easy? They were a liar. And the truth was not in them. <laughs> oh, Christianity is easy if you don't want to be a disciple. But if you truly want the essence of what Christ came to do, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. True faith is found and grown in hardship in the process of holding fast to God's faithfulness. Faith is found and rooted in His faithfulness. Faith is the emet, meaning the conviction of truth. The absolute persuasion. The consistency of profession. How many of you can say that your profession of faith has been consistent? It's fidelity. It means perpetual favor. Uprightness and integrity in mind. It's the first leg of the DNA of discipleship. You have to be so persuaded of who Christ is that you are willing to deny yourself even unto death. 
Pastor, I wanted to be a disciple. Then let me correct you the first time and we'll see where your self-denial lies. Let me hold you accountable just just one time in one little area of your life. And we'll see how deep your self-denial really goes. Scripture says that Christ learned obedience even unto death. It's only in self-denial that a man truly finds real life in Christ Jesus. Without real faith, biblical faith, you cannot begin to understand the cost and the cause of true discipleship. Faith, Faith is developed Through discipleship. It's a process. By presenting opportunities to grow. And then being challenged in them. And if it's not challenged. It's probably not growing. Say that with me. If it's not challenged. It's probably not growing. If it's not being challenged. It's probably not growing. And let me tell you something. Going laying your hand on a new Cadillac is not challenging your faith. When your doctor gives you a report that touches you deep in your soul, now your faith is going to be challenged. It's not the preacher coming and saying, hey, you need to quit that sinning. Oh, that'll challenge you, but not, not you. I'm telling you. Faith grows through embracing responsibility, through accountability. And the measure of a disciple's faith is relative to his willingness to be held accountable. And and we see this with Jesus. He challenged Peter. He challenged James. He challenged John. And then brought them through correction and confrontation through confronting their motives and their way of thinking. I love what Prophet Kevin Little says. He says, the first thing God will challenge if you choose discipleship is your morality. And if your morals do not line up with God's and you are unwilling to conform them to Christ, then it's going to be hard for you to be a disciple. You better just go be a a regular Christian. Wait a minute. What is a regular Christian? Is there such a thing? Did Jesus separate those who followed him into those categories? Well, see, I got my disciples and I got those just regular, regular Christian folk. Well, a sword come and made it clear who was who, didn't it? Well. This isn't about Christ teaching you what he knows. It's about him making you who he is. And once you have established faith, belief and obedience, then real hope is revealed and made alive within your soul. Then God can come in and begin to fix the DNA of your soul. It's been tainted. Hope can be quickened alive. See, the disciple of Christ does not hope as the world hopes. 
The world hopes that all will be in their favor by their means of fate and effort. But the hope of the disciple of Christ is found in the resurrected Savior. Look with me in Psalms chapter 39 verse 7. Psalms 39 7. He simply says this. My hope. He said, and now, O Lord, for what do I wait? For my hope is in you. True hope, tokelit, from the root yachal, is a trust with secure expectation that is caused by the one who is eternal hope, in that it causes others to hope in the same. See, you want real hope? If you have real hope, real hope births hope in others. And that's the hope of Christ. Because when you truly have the hope of Christ in you, it births hope and it gives hope to those around you. That is right. Amen? Amen. It's not that the Christian doesn't go through trials and tribulations and hardships. It's that they've got a hope that is eternal. It's a hope not like the rest of the world. It's a resurrection hope. Amen? It's a hope that sits right now at the right hand of the Father is coming again to judge the quick and the dead. That's the hope I have. And that hope gives hope. This kind of hope is a present perfect tense. Because of what Christ did, I can have real hope now. Because of the hope completed in Christ, I can presently stand in the promise of God. Because of the work of Christ, I can expect His goodness to follow me all the days of my life. As I walk in his ways. See this is what the disciples of Christ. Were lacking until that upper room experience. Oh they had seen Christ resurrected. They had touched his nail scarred hands. But the impartation of the Holy Spirit. The breath of God. Set on fire. That seed of hope. That they had seen with their eyes. That they had heard with their ears. And they had touched with their hands. See, the true disciple is not driven by what he sees, what he hears, or what he touches in the natural, but what, why, but by what he or she knows firsthand yes. and has encountered deep in the neshama of their souls. The place where the Spirit breathes new breath and the Father speaks to your innermost being. See, God doesn't just want nefesh or fleshly conformity. Or, or just to speak to your brain. How I many you know God's not looking just to, to talk to your brain? He wants to speak to your innermost being. He wants to shake and connect with the deepest part of your soul. This is why it's so important to not just be a church goer, but to truly have experienced the supernatural power of God in your life and have been changed. And if you have been changed, then you want more of that which changed you, which means I don't want to be an average church Jesus follower. I want to be a disciple. That means I want a hunger. I want a change. I want an intense desire. 
Told you I don't get intense, see? Hallelujah. I keep a sound man going. Up and down, up and down. See, this is what the church needs again. So many have seen and they've heard and they've touched aspects of Christianity in the church. But too many have not had that that soul, that neshama transforming encounter that seals the deal of conversion. That seals the deal of their conversion. In Christ, Father sealed the deal by His great love. Love. The greatest of these is the bond. So you can have the two helixes, but you got to have that bond. Boom! That's awesome! <laughs> See, I'm a scientist and didn't know it. Who thunk it? You gotta have that bond. I got strong faith and I got great hope, but you ain't got no love. That makes your faith and your hope stink. It's nasty faith without love. It's just nasty faith, worthless hope. Nasty faith and worthless hope if you ain't got love. One of the hardest things Jesus had to teach his disciples was to love their enemies. It was the essence of denying yourself. It's easy to love those who love you. It's easy to love those who bless you. It's easy to But Jesus said, oh, y'all wonderful. Look at you. You went out and you cast out some devils and you healed some sick. And you, whoo, you're doing good, disciples. Look at you. That's right. We got faith and we got hope, Jesus. And now let me test your love. Pray for those who curse you. Because once I'm gone, what I really intend to do to bring the Gentile and the Samaritan into the family of God, you're going to have to love them. You mean that old Samaritan woman like you was talking to at the well? Jesus, you're wasting your time on a Samaritan? Love. Can't be a disciple without it. The love of the Father is the bond of all things. The love of the world is at most humanistic and hedonistic. It's self-serving, inconsistent, and hypocritical. But the love of God is steadfast, faithful, and hopeful. Look one last place with me tonight as we close. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. We are commanded. You shall love the Lord your God with intense desire. With all your heart and with all your neshama. Come on. With all your soul, with your innermost being. And with all of your might, that's your strength, that's your, your values, that's your, your ethics, that's your, your everything you possess. That's everything, 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 all your might. 
commanded to love God. Go to the next verse. All your heart, with all your soul, these words that I command you today shall be upon your heart. We are commanded to love God and to love others. Or ahab, ahab. By Hebrew definition, it is a sacrificial and a selfless love driven by desire, like the longing for the air you breathe. In other words, to love God more than you love breathing and to love your neighbor as you like to breathe. So in order to ahab, to love as a disciple, you have to abba, yield to and desire Abba the Father with every breath of your life. This is why you cannot have faith or hope without this love. Because this is what drives Christ's replication in those who follow him. This was the call of Christ to discipleship. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Stand with me if you will. Tori, would you come? The DNA of discipleship. To replicate. Through the blood of Christ, through the work of the cross, that DNA was activated inside of you. When you accepted Christ, that was when, that was when God breathed in you. When you received the salvation and the, and the Holy Spirit came and touched you. Listen, you received the breath of God into your soul to begin that DNA replication. Amen. And, and you might say, but Lord, sometimes my soul feels like it's still a mess. Anybody besides me? Sometimes you feel your soul's a mess. And just when you think your soul's got it all together, mm-mm-mm, life happens. Difficult people come along. Somebody makes a dumb decision that affects you. Nobody's ever experienced that, right? God is still working. There's things happening in your soul if you, as you're trusting and following God, just like DNA. There's things happening within DNA that they've yet to discover. That's right. There's 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 minute molecular scientific things. There's mechanical things happening in DNA. They even yet begin to figure out. And as complex as it is, the soul. God knows even more. God knows that soul of yours even more. And He's working on it. He is working on it. But you've got to let that DNA keep working. Come on. You've got to let desire for God. Desire grow. Desire for obedience. To honor Him. Faith. Hope. And love. I think one of the greatest accomplishments Satan had on the church was to come and teach us that faith was something else. 
and got the church all distracted for entire generations. And they're running around driving big cars and flying jet airplanes, but they missed what faith was. And so we've been distracted all these years. And now God's coming back into his house and saying, no, 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 no. Faith is this. Deny thyself. Take up thy cross. Amen. Follow me. Be a disciple. Be a disciple. And you say, well, Lord, I don't fully understand what a disciple is. Stick around. We'll show you. The first time I get in your chili, you'll learn. But if you buy into this lie, well, don't put that religion on me. Don't put that on me. Don't judge me. Don't. That's how the enemy makes you in, where you can't be corrected. Where you can't grow. Where your faith can't be challenged. Because pride. Pride is a counterfeit. Deny thyself. Walk in humility. For what is the Lord required of you? O man of God. To act justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly. For your God. Discipleship. Hallelujah. If you will, just close your eyes. Bow your heads with me this evening. If you're here tonight. First of all, I never want to pass up this opportunity. Is anybody here tonight says, Pastor, I don't really know him. I have not surrendered. I have not even surrendered to his salvation. You would like to receive salvation tonight. Come. Come, but... If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I want, I want to be a disciple. I don't want to just, I don't want to just be an average church goer. I want, I want my faith to be challenged. Listen, you truly want to be that disciple. He's going to challenge your faith. Like Kevin Lill says, the first thing he's going to come and challenge is your moral thinking. He's going to challenge your your lifestyle, the way you're living. He's going to challenge those things you've made excuses for. He's going to challenge those things that you have assumed he's okay with. He's going to challenge them. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. If you let him work the DNA process in your life, he's going to replicate Christ in you. He's going to use you to touch others. And it might be those family members around you that you've been praying for. That God's going to use you to replicate Christ in them. Come on, that's you. Just raise your hand tonight. Say, Lord, make me a disciple. Come on. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, make us your disciples. Pour out thy spirit. Pour out your spirit upon these Lord, here we stand tonight in in proclamation. We declare right now, Lord, make me. Make me. Make me like you. I accept the challenge 
I receive the impartation of of that DNA. Breathe, God. Activate that DNA in me tonight. The DNA of Christ, let it come alive. Oh, let it come alive in Jesus' name. That others may see it, Lord, and that it may be replicated. Lord, use me. Tell them tonight, Lord, use me. Come on, I hear the Lord saying right now, I want to use you. I want to use you to replicate that DNA of Christ in others. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Give the Lord praise tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. We don't want to keep you too long. Hadn't this been awesome?